welcome in to a rock solid sports. I'll say this is an extended episode, a special edition. It's a tribute. Yeah. To one of the shortest lived sports leagues I think we'll ever see being the European Super League. And prior to the league eventually coming to their downfall, would we say yesterday? Yeah, 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 yeah yesterday, point. or I guess maybe officially this morning hey, well, on, the- on 421, while we were planning on a day in which we can dissect the Super League, it, it collapsed before we even got the chance to do it, so now it's just a reflection, a tribute, <laughs> and maybe a, a glimpse into the future of maybe future plans that will come of come. Through, I, I think a little not. bit of a life lesson too, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, just what you can give and take from this whole situation. But before we get into that, we should probably introduce ourselves. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, so it is me hosting Alex Comas, and I'm joined by my fellow soccer fan Phil Cervello. Hey. And casual soccer fan Andrew Bowen. I'm not okay. I'm I'm like I'm casual, but I know what I'm talking about. Okay, not true. Look, I mean, we need some sort of balance of like someone who doesn't watch soccer like weekend, weekend. I wa- I watch it just not as frequently as I probably should. Yeah. I would more I would more if I had more time. It's a yeah. beautiful game, bro. Make time. You're right, bro. You're so right. All right, so for for those who were living under a rock this past week in Europe, the big six clubs of England being Arsenal, Tottenham, yeah, we started big six, Arsenal and Tottenham. I don't know about that. Yeah, not from a success, uh, not from success or history really with those two clubs. Well, Arsenal a little bit of history of success, but Tottenham's literally won nothing. So that was interesting that they were included. But Arsenal, Tottenham, Man City, Man United, Chelsea, and a missing Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah, as a big six out of England as well as the big three in Spain, Atletico Madrid, Real Madrid, Barcelona, and the big three in Italy, Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan. We're all going to start this European Super League. They had a secret meeting. Yeah. The, the owners. Just, the whole way they did it is so shady. Yeah. yeah they, I guess they hopped on a Zoom. They were like, hey, bro, don't tell anyone. Invite only. Yeah. Yeah, so they announced How? on Monday that they were separating from the Champions League uh, in which they were going to create their own league, and they're going to try to add three more teams to the group to make it what 12? 12 yeah, team, twelve, fifteen, I think. Yeah, so they're going to add three more teams. Yeah, okay. which people were speculating would be Bayern Munich, PSG, uh, Dortmund. Yeah, Dortmund. And they so, all said no. Though. Yeah, Dortmund yeah. said no. Bayern said no. Bayern kind of gave like a like an open door no though they were kind of like well n- no for now no they were pretty yeah no they, Dorman was pretty adamant about no Bayern there's a little bit of a leeway at least the way I read it yeah I don't know uh, they, they kind of doubled down on it because they said no at first and then they came out again in an official press conference like the day after and said yeah we're not joining yeah yeah well it's tough for Germany because they're the all of the clubs are owned by people. They're not, or they're they're owned by the fans. They're yeah, not owned we, by which I was going to try to get into yeah. that as well because after this announcement, fans worldwide, but especially and I think Britain, went rampant with this new development because the Premier League 
clubs were not happy about it. They, they were not happy about their, the six big money makers in their league forming this own Super League to where results in the Premier League really wouldn't matter too much anymore because, you know, a Leicester City that goes on to win the league and qualify for a Champions League or, you know, when you say this year, Leicester City's involved in a Champions League race as well as West Ham, it wouldn't have mattered. Because yeah, these teams, have been allowed in. Yeah, yeah, the big six teams would be in this Sorry Super League. Decided. Champions League would be RIP because of these teams all leaving, probably. It, it was just a bad look. And I know, I know one of the bigger factors was money. I mean, obviously that was the biggest thing with yep. this league is because of COVID and everything, the, a lot of clubs felt like they were losing a lot of money. But my biggest argument with this thing was I feel like you'd lose more money because the – was it FIFA, I believe? Well, the, the repercussions. Was, yeah, they were saying you have a World Cup ban if you play in this. You're going to have you're going to start out with negative 10 points like it was a whole thing. So, I didn't really understand what the benefit was other than more like TV deals, I guess. The, the benefit was to appeal to casuals, a- Asian and American markets that aren't as tapped as they could be because they wanted to create basically a recreation of the NFL yeah in Europe but kind of also MLS because they're creating a league in which there's no promotion and relegation which is just insane to me it doesn't it doesn't it's not gonna work nothing's earned it it wasn't gonna work MLS already has issues on its own because there's no regulation or promotion and there's such a far gap between the USL and MLS that it's hard for guys to move up in that league I guess yeah. so they go overseas yeah. and they get guys from overseas which kind of defeats the whole purpose of having like in England there's like 27 different leagues there's tons of pro league right? and so that kind of keeps your talent local I guess not local but in the same area so it's easier to progress up get promoted get relegated all that stuff without promotion and relegation it's kind of just you're stuck with the same teams and nothing ever changes well, it's kind of boring it's and- boring yeah and for American sports, I mean, we grew up with it, so we're used to it, and that's kind of what we know. But I think it's refreshing for a lot of people when they look at Europe and how they have their league structured because you've got, you know, the bottom three teams aren't rewarded. You know, you don't get the next best three players coming up because you sucked. Yeah, like you, you get got, sent down you and you lose down. millions of dollars yeah, because yep. you sucked. And and I think being punished for being terrible is is kind of what makes soccer beautiful. It's what's supposed to improve your club for the future. That your ownership group, your management, they learn from the mistakes that cost you that season and you end up losing your shares in the league with the way they do it in Europe. And you go sent down. You get sent down to the lower league and you have to earn your way back up. It's like a wake-up call. Exactly. To make sure it never happens again in in the near future. So, of course, an ownership group led primarily by Americans said, hey, how about instead of that, we guarantee ourselves to be in a league all the time? Are we really surprised by it? Because we've been told by MLS, like, there's been clamoring for promotion and relegation, and continually the MLS commissioner says, no, it's not going to happen. Our owners don't want to lose shares in the league because it's just too lucrative. It, It makes sense. Like, us Americans... I, I, I don't want to say we're more greedy than other people in this world because a lot of the owners are also European owners. 
you you have Chelsea's owner who's Russian. Like, there are other nationalities involved, but it just seems like with American sports, the idea of the European system in which you have the chance of losing money if you have a disappointing season, like we're not, we don't adapt to risk very well. That's well. why yeah, that's why right. the MLS has a playoff system, which I I still think is dumb, because there's never been like playoffs per se in Europe. Well, they had they had to Americanize. Soccer, I know for people to, to draw watch. more people yeah. in. Yeah, I, I agree, but it, I just think it's kind of taking away from the game as a whole. Right. I mean, I mean that's like if you took basketball and made like a, I don't even know how to describe like it. a tournament. At yeah, the like end. something completely like the NBA just did a giant tournament with every team. That'd be kind of fun. It would, but it would ruin what's been going on. Yeah. So it's, it's w- more about tradition, is what I'm saying. The way the Super League was going to be set up was. I believe it was going to be the top eight teams that finished out of the group of 15 would then advance to a knockout stage. Yeah. And then you'd go through that and and you'd have your winner. Like, I honestly think, and I was going to ask you guys, do you think there was any chance of the Super League potentially working in terms of tapping into those markets, for one, which was one of their plans, and two, in terms of quality... Do you think it would have been a fun watch if they maybe structured it better to where domestic leagues were on board with it? Because their original plan was just to replace the Champions League midweek but still stay in their domestic leagues. I think, but that blew up in their face. I think it could have potentially worked. I think it was a big potentially, but there's a lot of changes I feel like a lot of those owners and people that wanted to start this weren't willing to make. And I feel like without those changes, it was going to fall apart. Um I think we can say that the quality would have been there. I mean, that's where all the money was going to go. Yeah, it just would have defeated the whole purpose of where you have those big matches every year. Yeah. It, it would just take away from the special of it because you'd be like, oh, I don't need to tune into that. I have the Super League to watch next week. Right, and it just keeps happening, and every week's a big game, which is what they want, but at the same time... Every I game mean, can't be a big game. Liverpool couldn't beat Leeds. Chelsea They're couldn't. tied now, aren't they? Liverpool and Leeds are. Yeah. Chelsea couldn't beat West Brom. You know, like, why do you think you deserve to be in the Super League when you're, you know, 30 points behind Manchester City in the Premier League? I Like, I, I just don't understand because, like, the teams just don't want to have to earn anything. They just want it guaranteed, which yeah, they financially is, I guess, smart because risks in finance are kind of a bad idea. But that's... You know, you're just ruining the integrity of a sport that is built on, you know, the the smaller teams having a chance. Yeah, they they didn't want to earn. They all they wanted to earn was the money that was going to go into a new league based off of solely their namesake and being a kind of global brand that most of those teams are. Which that it, it takes away from the competition. That was the main argument. Is because like you mentioned. You've had these big teams drop points against lower side teams that they should arguably beat since they're so good. Arsenal escaped with a draw this past weekend against Fulham with a goal in the 96th minute. Like, these teams are susceptible to losing to underdogs. Just And like I mentioned earlier, you had Leicester come away with a whole season in which they almost were relegated the previous year, and yet they go on and to, beat all those teams to win the league. I was about to bring that up. Leicester is like the biggest example of why relegating and promotions are important. Yeah, because... Literally them. 
you have those Cinderella stories, and you actually, for teams that make their first, you know, top-tier appearance, I know in England that's not necessarily the case because a lot of teams have always been in the first division, have been in the first division at some point. Right. But you have those stories in Spain of a team that makes it all the way to La Liga, the top division in Spain, and it's, it's this great underdog story. Unfortunately, they end up getting relegated probably that their first year, but still, still you're taking away from that if, in terms of maybe if a team qualifies for the Champions League for the first time and puts on a miracle performance to get out of the group. like That's what they were taking away from. And in, in letting these big teams go to lower country, lower level countries to go play these games, like playing in Slavia Prague, that's no easy game for anyone on the road because they're, they have one of the best home stadiums in all of Europe. And yet they were going to take that away because they didn't want to play that game because that's a chance of losing to an under a big underdog and it's just not worth the money for them. Yeah, one of the... I believe it was on Twitter. It was like the first statement when the Super League happened. I forget... Whoever kind of came up with the idea, I forget who it was, but he... Andrea Agnelli. Yeah, he was talking about Agnelli. how 40% of, I forget where the survey was, but whatever the population he was surveying said, like, they think soccer is boring because of how long it is. And that's, like, why the whole thing with this league was trying to happen to bring excitement to the game. But my argument is soccer actually takes less time than an NBA game. Yeah. I don't think people realize that. Soccer's one of the it's, easiest sports to digest. It's not the time that's the issue. People are bored because of the content, and if that's true, then you shouldn't watch soccer. Like, I'm sorry right. to say that, and, like, I'm not trying to be, like, a gatekeeper, but, like, if you don't like the content of soccer, I don't care how short it is, you're going to be bored. That's like if you don't want to take a test, so you cut off, like, ten answers, or ten questions. You still have to take the test. It's still the same stuff. It's just, like, ten less questions. So, yes, it will shorten the time. Yes, you'll keep, like, maybe 5% more, like, attention span of people. But at the end of the day, it suffers because it's really not that much time. They're they're also reclaiming that ratings have been tanking for 18 to 24, which is probably the key demographic. But the truth of the matter is not that ratings are actually tanking is that they've made soccer so expensive to watch in a lot of European countries that and no one everyone's, it. everyone's just watching on illegal streams. Yeah, exactly. So, and your ratings don't go up when everyone's watching illegally. But that's that's because everyone's super greedy, not because not because people aren't interested. There are plenty there are tons of, of people I know so many people my age. I mean, Phil's, for example, Alex, me. I'm not even that, like, into I'm it. I'm not 18 to 24. I'm old. Well, okay. Well, you're younger is what I'm saying. And I know plenty of young and younger people that are super interested in soccer. I mean, I know older people that are interested in soccer, too. There's, there's so many people that want to watch it, but it's just so hard with like you said, the expenses and everything. It's also difficult for Americans to watch a lot of the time because the games happen at 2.30 p.m. Yeah, middle yeah. of the day. It's or, or it's in the morning on like a Saturday morning. Which, yeah. which I was going to get to is is on the, like them tapping into Asian and American markets. I feel like that was a, they missed that evaluation because I don't think the league would have changed too much in terms of tapping into those markets. I, I'm not 100% sure on Asia, but in terms of Americans... Like, on the demographics of, of people that are not watching soccer, like, how much, how many of those people do you think you would really get? 
Like, out of, what did you say, 40% who said they think the game is boring? I believe it was 40 or 45. It was somewhere okay. around there. How many do you think of that percentage you would get? Because for me, I feel like you'd only get about half of that at most. At most, yeah. Because That's what I was, half of them yeah. will just still refuse to watch soccer because they don't find the excitement in the game that they would find in football or basketball. Yeah, the way they presented the stat made it seem like these are borderline fans. These are probably people who just aren't interested in soccer in general. So yeah, that, if you that ask someone is, that doesn't like sports whether they think soccer's boring, they're going to say that they think soccer's boring. Yeah. You know, like, it's not... It's not like... This, this, is, revelation. this survey wasn't... Why this is it wasn't soccer's boring. Tell me why, or give me your reason. It it was soccer's boring. Yes or no? It's cut and dry. It's hard to ana- analyze a whole demographic based on a yes a or no cu- a cut and dry question yeah. like that. Yeah. There's too many gray areas that stats and statistics and populations can fall into that it just doesn't make sense. Yep. So purely analytical, they failed. In my yeah. opinion, and then. They, they obviously underestimated the emotional impact yeah, that an announcement like this Twitter was in shambles. It I was, mean, every tweet I saw was someone just ripping the Super League. It, it yeah. was incredible, the scenes that you saw after the announcement. Outside I mean, stadiums. I was yeah, happy. Yeah. I loved it. It made me realize how much people love soccer the way it is. Yep. Yeah, which is it, sick. Liverpool fans were out at Anfield. They are putting up signs, you know, that, you know, never walk alone. Like, that's... That's a lie because you're walking without your fans, basically, if you yeah. decide to join the Super League. Chelsea's bus was being blocked from entering the stadium for their game. <laughs> Petr Cech had to come out of the bus to try and plead with fans to, to give them yeah. room. Yeah, That's nuts. Yeah, it was it was insane, the scene specifically in England, because there wasn't I didn't see as much uh, protest in Spain and Italy, which is why I was afraid it was going to go through, because... Yeah. It felt like if the English clubs were just like, we don't care, like, sorry, we're doing this, I felt like it was just going to happen. because Spain's such a big market, too. And, like, what I said earlier with them, they wanted to stay in their domestic leagues. I felt that the only league that was willing to stand up to those clubs would be the Premier League because they are probably make the most money out, like, in terms of a league as a whole compared to Spain and Italy. Whereas Spain and Italy, they depend on those big clubs. Spain would not be able to function without Real Madrid, Barcelona. Yeah. Italy would without not be able to function without both the Milan teams and Juventus. Like, they, they were forced into it with, well, they, we kind of just have to let them do what they want. Whereas in England, there's, I guess they could put up a, a little bit teams. more of a fight. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot more teams that can bankroll the whole situation. It's also really interesting. I mean, um, widely hated leader of England, Boris Johnson, um, came out and said, essentially, I'm not going to grant any work permits to anyone that plays for a Super League club as long as that exists. So he was basically saying, you guys are going to have to up and leave England if you want to join the Super League. And um, that was a big thing. The FA said, we're kicking you all out, talking all your points. UEFA was going to kick everyone out of the Champions League that was left, which would have left PSG as the champions. Yep. Yeah. Essentially. I and mean, then FIFA was telling, UEFA and FIFA were saying, look, your players, all these players from the ESL or European Super League teams, they were not going to be allowed to participate in European world, Championships or, or world, world Cups. Cup, yeah. You're taking away international duty from them. So th- it was they were handicapped 
even though Florentino is saying, oh, there's no way they can enforce punishments like that. They're just talking up big game to get us scared. They no, can. They, they can. It, it scared the, the owners, especially it hit Roman Abramovich first, then it hit the Man City owners, and then yeah. the dominoes just fell from there. Arsenal pulled out. Manchester United pulled out. Ed Woodward, their chairman, resigned. But I do want to say one nuts. thing. Twitter went crazy over his They're, resignation. Yeah, he's, he's has stunk for them as a chairman yeah, and other things. He's like the worst. I love I saw you resign and the first tweet under it is like DJ Khaled popping champagne and everyone yeah. cheering and I thought it was so funny. <laughs> it was interesting. Jose Mourinho was fired. He was the only ESL manager to get fired during that time. Yeah. For some reason, they fired him during this. I'm guessing he said something about how much he well, hated it, knowing well, Mourinho. Yeah, I was going to ask if you knew anything more about this, because I he had heard that... He refused to comment. But I felt like it was just from a results standpoint, because Tottenham's kind of been bad recently. But they're in a they're in a, fi- a cup final. They're in the Carabao Cup final. So it would be weird to fire him when he has a chance to win them their first trophy. So... I think he definitely spoke out about it, whether or not he'll admit it or they'll admit it. Um, but yeah, but wouldn't they have rehired him by now? No. They wanted him gone anyways, but he probably... See, that's what I'm saying. Is that there, it seemed like that relationship was going to end at some point in the near future. I, I don't know if him speaking out against it was really what caused it because Jurgen Klopp has spoken out in the past about the Super League he said once the announcement came out he wasn't a fan of it Pep Guardiola spoke out against it but they waited they waited until the clubs pulled out they did that's fair no no Pep did it before they pulled out Jurgen did it before they pulled out okay (laughs) (laughs) Phil doesn't seem convinced (laughs) but in terms of the Super League as a whole, I honestly think, like in, in going back to my question earlier, I think it honestly could have worked if they did a better job negotiating it. Because if you had gone to your domestic leagues and told them, like, look, this is what we're going to do, we still want to play domestic league. And also, if you negotiated better with UEFA in terms of, hey, we want to do this, we think it'd be good for European football if we created this league. But then you set it up to where there was a promotion and relegation element in terms of tying it in with a Champions League 2.0 as being kind of League 2 of European competition and then Europa League of League 3, basically, European competition. I think it could have worked then. Yeah, I I mean, there's still the the issue with all the bans and everything. It would have just been a... uh, a FIFA would have... A restructuring of the Champions League, which is what they did anyways. Yeah. They, They restructured it to 32 teams... 36 and, now. Or 36, yeah. And it, I, I don't, I just don't understand the point of having these secret meetings and then announcing it as this great idea and then just getting completely destroyed on social media, in the streets, not, everywhere. Not even, like, not even like an ounce of hope. It was just pure destruction. Yeah. I think I saw maybe like, like two tweets that were people being like, I wanted the Super League and they were clearly like, very casual fans that were fans of like the Houston Rockets and yeah Chelsea like okay buddy relax <laughs> yeah so the new structure go watch James Harden <laughs> the new structuring of the Champions League it expanded from 32 teams to 36 teams 
And I believe now the way they're doing it is they're setting it up, what, two groups? Two groups of 12? Yeah, and they're doing, like, a, a Swiss-style format for the first round, which is you just play people, and as long as you hit, like, five wins, you keep going. It's, I don't know, it's it's kind of confusing. Sounds and confusing. No. Yeah. That would be a whole thing to digest separately, I think. <laughs> yes, but with those four spots opening up, they've now op- two of those spots are going to be awarded to teams on the highest. What is it? Club coefficient yeah. is the way they right. Right, they right. announced it, which is basically historical success. Yeah, well, it's it's success of the last four years. Okay, I just, I just think it's hilarious that. Um, I just completely forgot what I was going to say. Oh, never mind. I just think it's hilarious that Leeds tied Liverpool after this whole thing happened. Leeds came into the game with shirts that said, earn it, with the Champions League logo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was funny. But I just think it's a very, it's very fun, good It's timing. especially <laughs> funny because you look at the three three of the teams in England are looking like they're not going to finish in the top four. Which Liverpool being one of them. Liverpool, Arsenal, and Spurs. Oh, Arsenal's already done. Like they're Right, they're... That none of them are going to finish in the top four, meaning none of them are going to qualify for the Champions League. So this was awfully convenient yeah. for the Super League to show up and, oh, wow, we're in it. We qualified. We, oh, bought, no we bought in. Yep. Crazy, yeah. yeah. Yep. I feel like it was a cop-out. That's what I was about teams. to say with this club coefficient. If, if it were to go into effect this past year, guess who two, those two spots on club coefficient on your success of the last four years, who would have gone to? Tottenham and Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. The the two British teams that had the worst success in terms of the previous season. Like, it it just feels like now UEFA, like, had to appease them. The, card is, the cards have not fallen more ironically than they could have, in my opinion. It's just, I don't know. It's, I mean, the timing the, was great. One of the big arguments for it was that these are clubs with a storied history. And you've got Spurs in there. Yeah. Yeah. You've got Manchester City, whose history is less than 10 years old yeah. since they were purchased. Yeah. It's kind of... It's, it's Man, a little it's Manchester a little United, the last uh, decade, it's been... Uh, I mean, they do have history, though. Yes. But the last decade, they've fallen. Story. Story franchise. AC Milan, Inter right. Milan have been bankrupt for the last what, five years, but now they're starting to come out of it? Yeah. I think storied is a uh, nice way that they put uh, richest. Right. Exactly. Yeah, no, it's the <laughs> biggest, yeah, they're the biggest percent. 100%. 100%. <laughs> right. No doubt in my mind it was, oh yeah, they, look, they looked at those guys like, yeah, they're storied, and then they looked at the, the money and they're like, yeah, that makes oh, more yeah. sense. <laughs> and they, they, came out, they came out with this proposal, they said due to the losses of the pandemic, which someone pointed out, Barcelona didn't lose a ton of money because of the pandemic, they lost a ton of money because of poor management choices, in which <laughs> right. they sunk like $500 million into Messi. I saw that entire thread, and it was so funny, just tearing them apart. Yeah, it, it, was, it was incredible at... The nerve to kind of just announce this out of the blue. Yeah, we're breaking away. We're making this league, and then to blame it on a pandemic, and which has affected so many people and killed hundreds of people, millions yeah. of people. Yeah, and people have suffered much greater financial impacts than the richest football clubs in the world. Yes, oh, you lost oh. out on normal money you would have made, but at the same time, compared to 
other clubs, lower league t- clubs in, in England. The lower Spain. league clubs that folded. Yeah, to, yeah, that have had to furlough players because they don't have any money to pay it to them. Like it's it, it's just insane. It's like the rich get like some. It's you know what it reminds me of. Honestly, this is like a really left field comparison, but the whole stock market crash thing yeah. that happened oh, the literally the prime example of the rich get an ounce of their money touched everyone freaks out yeah and then they get backlashed for it and they're like well well we had good intentions and i'm like no you didn't no you didn't you just wanted to buy into a bunch of suckers that wanted like fast paced games and then when it all folds over you're like well you guys approved it that's yeah. am i wrong if if this folded over I guarantee you the first statement would have been, well, then why did you approve it? Guaranteed that would have been the first statement. Well, And it boils my blood every time. It just makes me so mad. And the NFL did the same thing with the game extensions. I mean, MLB's trying to change stuff around. MLB probably needs to change things around. They do, but there's yeah, some stuff uh, that doesn't need to change. And soccer is the same way, where there's some stuff that needs to change and some stuff that need, shouldn't be touched. And that's that's Florentino Perez. He went, had an interview in Spain, and he said that soccer is dying. And this was this was an idea of saving it. Of course I he's said, buddy, say that. if like I I just thought to myself, if you look around at other major sports, other professional sports. Look at baseball. Like that's that's dying. That's dying. Like. Yeah. Yeah. Trust me, soccer's got a while to go to end up in the same spot where baseball is right now. MLB's tanking. Yeah. It's it's yeah, it's it's bad. Nobody our age watches baseball. There's like well, until the playoffs. Hey, I mean, relax. We're, we're a, <laughs> hey, chill. We're well, a, that's my sport. Well, that's the thing. Everyone has a team. I feel like everyone no one watches except for like a a small percentage. But everyone has a team, and no one really watches unless you make like your team makes the playoffs, or you're like Alex and a few other guys that watch all year and watch the playoffs. I feel like that's what happens. We're we're in a group of about fifteen guys, and and a girl. Sh- shout out us. Two girls. Two girls. I would say three, maybe watch baseball regularly. I'd say four, probably four. But yeah. either way, the yeah. number is very small. So I'm at, t- translate that to, like, a 20-person friend group. Right. I'm sure there's, like, two or three that watch baseball. For soccer, the numbers are a little, it's it's still small, but it's, comparatively to each group, it's usually pretty big. Right. Compared to And, and this is just in America. In soccer, or in Europe, everyone watches soccer. Yeah. It's like their, it's their football, literally. Out, yeah. out of my group, friend group of 10. There's three of us that watch baseball day in, day out for our teams. When we put on soccer games, because there's three of us who are big soccer fans, we have more of a chance of our friend group, group as a whole sitting down and watching a soccer match rather than sitting down and watching a baseball game. 100%. I agree with that. 100%. It, yeah. like that. That's where I'm saying with the sport is, is it's got a long way to go from dying. Yes, are you seeing maybe a tick down in viewership? Yeah, but like Phil said, it's mainly from an access standpoint. It's, it's illegal streams. It's not. It's not that people aren't watching, and and if their argument, God forbid, is that fans haven't been coming to the stadium. Well, I wonder as why. Much. It's like, well, <laughs> well you know, they're not allowed. Why. In. I wonder yeah. why. <laughs> right. No, just there's this thing called the pandemic. Never heard of it. Yeah, well, I don't know why no one's showing up. <laughs> like it's it's insane to me. I mean, there's. UFC had the same problem until probably I would argue probably like five years ago. UFC has been big, but because of the illegal streaming and before they parted with ESPN, it was a huge problem. I don't think I ever paid for UFC. Nah. 
ever. And now that it's on ESPN, it's a little better because people pay for ESPN Plus anyways. So it's in your subscription, and you just have to pay like maybe $10 more right. here or there. And even then, there's still illegal streaming. Oh, all over but the place. numbers are still like up. I mean, basketball, NBA has like the league pass. No one buys the league pass. Right, when things are affordable, people pay for them. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, right now, you and I watch Champions League through a shared uh, CBS All Access account. Yeah. Because I, we have a student discount right now. Right. I have a. I have. Well, you have that login? Xfinity cable, and they give you Peacock for free so I've watched Premier League on that you know like when it's affordable people watch yeah yeah. you just need to give them the access yep but if it's like oh here's soccer you want it but in England you if want you want to watch soccer it's about 150 bucks a month that's just a, that's insane right yeah. which is crazy because television's free like the BBC it, it's in your taxes but if you want soccer you have to pay 150 bucks a month like if you yeah if you All want right, a break so from news and everything you have to pay to be entertained. So it's for absurd. the sake of for the f- sake of Phil's stomach, as he hasn't had lunch yet, so I'm trying to get wrap us up right. You now. You could probably hear it grumbling the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's end on this point. One, do we think this new Champions League format will work in terms of? The recouping some of the money that's been lost for these big clubs and all clubs as a whole, if this will keep them satisfied. I, and two, do you think we can see, you know, five years down the line, this option being explored again, maybe better planning in terms of this breakup? Like, do you see this sticking together for the long haul, or do you think this is kind of a duct tape, we're good for now, but come a few years down the line, we're going to see the same thing where the big clubs are talking about quitting on Champions League. One thing I want to make abundantly clear is that FIFA and UEFA are coming out of this looking like the good guys. They're not. But that's not the case. They just happen to be on the side that the fans are also on. Okay, FIFA put their World Cup together in Qatar and are killing migrant workers building stadiums. Okay, yeah. FIFA's not a good organization either. They're shady. They don't the, do no, plenty you, of You know why they're on the same happening. side as the fans? It's because that's where their pockets are, are right now. Right. That, if, if they if their pockets were going to be lined if the European Super League worked like for them financially, they would have been on that side. We would have been that thing would have gone through. Right. Yeah. But that being said, if if in the future people decide to restructure the Champions League again. I don't think that's a big deal. I don't think that's a problem. You I think can restructure yeah. midweek competitions, and that's fine. But if you try to take yourself away from the communities that built soccer in England, in Spain, in Germany, Italy, France, everywhere, when you take away from those communities that built up these soccer legacies... In Manchester, Liverpool, London, the the working class sport, you know, it's affordable for people to go to games, and, and that's that's a point that they make, is that people can afford to go see their favorite team play. People can, you know, people can watch on TV in every country other than England, and have a pretty cheap subscription to watch the Premier League. If you just make it accessible, people will watch, and when people watch more money is being generated 
And when more money is being generated, all that money can be distributed from the top all the way down to all the clubs that need it in the very bottom leagues. Because that's what it's all about is, you know, it's not an American sport. It's not every man for himself. The clubs look out for each other with what they do. And that's, and, I, and I think that's be the beauty like that. of soccer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, everything you said, I agree with. My, my main thing I want to say is, yeah, you're welcome, man. Uh, with the whole, you know, COVID losses and they, they I mean, honestly, the reason this happens is because they're freaking out because their financial situation. But their finances are fine. That's what I was going to say. It's going to take, it's going to take a couple years if you did lose money, like, and these, obviously these clubs can afford to lose money, but even though you're worried about your losses, it will come back. The pandemic is going away for the most part. Fingers crossed. And... <laughs> And, yes, it's slow. Like, stuff's coming back slowly. Sure, your pockets are going to be a little bit more empty that are already filled with millions of dollars, and uh, I don't know how empty you think it is, but it, the money will come back. So if that's their main concern, I don't consider that a long-term problem because I think that can be fixed in May. I would give it, like, two years. I think they'll be back to where they were. Granted, like you said, in five years down the line, if they want to visit this again and maybe change it around, I still don't think it's going to... I don't think anyone's going to want this. Because no matter what, the way it was set up is shady, money-grabbing, and it seemed like it kind of just, like, ruined what European soccer is. It was just a slap in the face. It's like, oh, tradition? Oh, we care about that a lot in every other situation. Oh, now there's money involved. Screw tradition. Yeah. Let's go this way. And like Phil said, FIFA is not in the position to be against the public right now. Because yeah. the past couple years, they've just been under fire. So Forever. I mean forever, but recently it's been pretty bad. So why would they put themselves in the enemy, like, make themselves the enemy again? In the enemy's crosshairs. Yeah, there you go. Why would they make themselves the enemy again when they could just be like, oh yeah, we'll ban you, we'll do this, we'll do this. Even though really they want it to go through. Yeah, and, and don't feel bad for these for the billionaire owners. I don't feel bad one you know, bit. Do not feel bad for these billionaires. They are not losing money during this pandemic. Honestly, billionaires have been making money during the pandemic. I what you need to feel bad for is the clubs that are fan-owned or they're owned by a smaller family or you know a group of people that aren't billionaires and are actually losing money and they're struggling and they're they have to furlough players because there's just no money in the club yeah that's who you need to feel bad for and those are the people that are going to be losing out the most if this stupid idea comes back it's just dumb i like what you mentioned earlier about how the soccer structure is you're supposed to help everyone as a whole it's not the richest the rich get richer and and you move on from there. It's not as separatist. It's supposed to be a collective effort because as a whole, that strengthens your country for international competitions if you have aspirations of winning a World Cup, which is why this move was so ridiculed is because it was so selfish. It was abandoning your own country. Boris Johnson saying, we're not going to allow these work permits. Basically, you got to leave the country. Like, that's how treacherous this was. Yeah, find your own island yeah. and set yeah. up a stadium. I think, I think every punishment and, like, like, hey, don't do this, warning, was thrown into the air maybe, like, four hours into the announcement. Oh, it was 
Probably sooner than Probably that. Probably sooner than that, yeah. Yeah. The second it went up, I swear I saw like seven different threats from every organization. Yeah. But I have to commend, I mean, I know they're fan-owned, so I don't know what they would have done if they weren't, but Borussia Dortmund and FC Bayern, I'm very happy they didn't want to go into this at all. Obviously, it's fan-owned, like I said, so I don't know what the owners would have done, but from what I've seen, it seemed like the owners were not at all on board, regardless, but yeah. again, could be swayed by the fans. Either way, we'll never know. I'm just happy that they didn't join. Because I think if they joined, it would have been kind of... I think it still would have snowballed into a dumpster fire, but I think it might have been a little bit longer and a little harder. Maybe that's just me. What What are we talking about? Shut up. <laughs> yeah, but in, we've talked about the big clubs losing money. Like, yes, they've they've lost money in terms of the expected outcome that they were expecting you know full stadiums and everything if we were completely normal for the past year but we haven't like they've lost out on that money but guess what that should teach them to kind of manage their money better instead of spending millions and billions of dollars on player transfers unnecessary stadium renovations yeah you know like taking shots at madrid i see okay okay Moving on from there. <laughs> it's true, though. Yeah. Tottenham did the same thing. They create, They built themselves this big, giant new stadium when they had one that was fine. Yeah. Just because they wanted to be more of a brand. And and I think it kind of makes sense now, thinking about it, like, they might have been preparing for this oh, when, it's, they, it's when they started their stadium plans five years ago. Now they're probably just sitting there with the builders like, well, what do we do now? Yeah. <laughs> but halt production. <laughs> yeah. The one final thing I want to end down. on is, like you mentioned, with Bayern, with Borussia Dortmund, in the Bundesliga, they have the 50 plus one yeah. plan in which 51% of clubs are basically owned by the fans, and the fans have a stake in the club in terms of they can vote on decisions, and if they decide to disapprove of these decisions, the ownership groups can't move on and come through with decisions that the fans disagree on. And I really hope that somehow in the future, after this happened, that there can be more of a stake for fans in clubs, in the Premier League, in Italy, in Spain. Because when you have basically dictators in terms of the way they run their clubs, Florentino Perez and and Yali from Juventus, Abramovich for Chelsea for the most part, like those guys can do whatever they please with the club and can sign off on whatever they want to make the club do because guess what they've got all the money that they own the club where they didn't take any they didn't care about the fans because guess what the fans don't have any stake in the club right. other than rooting for them and yeah. they buy the merchandise which just lines the owner's pockets so i just hope that there's some sort of restructuring to where fans will have more of a stake and clubs will get to vote on decisions Probably they'll still get overruled on them for the most part, but still at least they'd have a seat at the table, which has gone, it is, has disappeared as years have gone on and we've come into modern times. Yeah, yeah. and, and clearly like, a seat at the table was what was needed here. Yeah, you just want so the fans, definitely. you just want the fans' voice to be strongly considered and present all decisions because what what makes soccer, what makes football, baseball, every sport. Is the fans? Is the fans? Fans. If you're you're nothing without people watching, without people in the stands. Fans and players too, because there were a lot of players who came out against this. Yeah. They didn't. Dreams take can't them. be by. Yeah. The, the the brilliant quote from Bruno Fernandez: Dreams, dreams can't, can't be, be by. by. <laughs> yep. 
yeah, it, it, I just hope there's some sort of restructuring in soccer because if ter- it's turned into a very, you know, it, it's turned into the owners kind of run things. The richest owners in the world, they kind of run things or they think they do. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was great to see the smaller people, the fans. The little guys. Yeah. I just loved all the through. players that spoke out. The Leeds dude that spoke out and had that statement. Yeah. It was awesome. Patrick yeah. Bamford. The, yeah. Finally, you can mark one up for the little guy. Yeah. In a massive way. Heck yeah. So that, that'll conclude this emergency uh, rock solid extended podcast as Phil's is about to die of, of starvation right now. Uh, thank you for joining Help. us. Yeah. Send food. <laughs> uh, as for me, Alex Comas, Andrew Bowen, Phil Cervello, we thank you for listening, uh, and we hope you guys have a good one. Peace. Stay tuned. Bye.